content warning for multiple child's deaths. Check the description for the timestamp. In an ancient chamber that reeks of death, torches flicker as if shivering. They timidly illuminate the unnatural form sprouting from an arcane circle along the ground. The summon's horror takes root in our reality as a coil of thorns, menacing with a snarling cry. That comes not from any mouth, but from its own unnatural locomotion. Four youths surround the fiend, dressed in Eruvian encounter suits and equipped with standard Lion Bowl equipment. They are Gua'ata, hopeful apprentices to become Gualim, or city guardians. Should they succeed at this test, they will be granted a taste of the power of the demon princes. The tallest looks to be 16, though he is neither the oldest nor the youngest of the apprentices here. His name is Jamuka, and he wields a lightning web thrower with the confidence of an apprentice spider. As the cursed coil draws near, the youths hear instruction from their proctor, a member of the noble house of Ixis, who is invisible among the shadows. This is a summons manifestation of the Lady of Thorns. It will not perish. There is no hope of defeating this, as there is a ghost. But one of you will surely be able to outlast it. That one shall go on to complete the task before you. Master, can only one of us complete the task? I have hope that one of you will be able to. We are going to roll to face off against the supernatural. What role are you, Jack? Um, so I'm just fighting a ghost right now, right? Uh, you're fighting a coil of thorns. It is a summoned horror. Okay. You will fight this thing as though it were a ghost, but there is essentially no defeating it, only surviving it. Only surviving it. Okay. Am I armed with my spider lightning web thrower? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you are a spider, is what you said, correct? Yes, that is correct. All right. You have completed your apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. You have a bull in every single roll. You have not worked this area before. So you'll take plus one from the apprenticeship, minus one from not working before. You will, however, take another plus one because you have the Eruvian homeland gift swift. So right now you're sitting at a plus one. Mm -hmm. Before that, the one that I always like to ask is, do the other bulls swear to follow your orders without hesitation? If not, take minus one. So just here's an opportunity for you. What do you say to your fellow class before beginning this engagement? (laughs) We're going to have to work together if we want to get out of this alive. If any of us want to get out of this alive. The master said he only hopes that one of us will make it. That means none of us can make it. We have to try, boys. We have to try. Jamuka, I will stand behind you. But it will be me at the end of this, says one of them. They promise to follow your orders without hesitation. So roll 2d6 with a plus one. 2d6 with a plus one. Okay... So, 10 total. A 3 and a 6. Hell yeah. So, as you can see on the second page, under Against Supernatural, on a 10 or 11, you get to pick two of the following options. Seize the initiative, maintain an orderly disposition, or seize a particular opportunity or advantage. So, which two do you want to do? I'm going to maintain an orderly disposition. Ooh, hell yeah. And I think I'm just going to seize the initiative right now. I don't think we're going to... All right. So, tell me, how how are they deployed? Like, what's, what's your plan? And also, you seize the initiative. So... You, you're, you'll act first, and then your team will act first. What's your plan? What's your? So in the front, we're gonna, like, I'm gonna have the anchor kind of go up and like kind of position itself in front of the spiky thorn bush to act as kind of like our tank or kind of like holding mm-hmm. a distraction, sort of. 
Then me with my um spider web thrower, I'm gonna like try and cast and sort of control it, you know, kind of like hold it in place. Then using yes. the um owls like lightning oil canisters. It says there's four uses, right? Yes. Lightning oil for, for each use gives you a plus one to a roll. Or just in general, it's like what power it's what powers things. It's what is electricity. So you can use it for anything you can come up with. Like, will the lightning oil do anything to it? Or was lightning oil just, like, uh, more for powering things? Like, is it like a Molotov cocktail kind of thing? Lightning oil is kind of just power. But I suppose if you just sort of toss the whole canister, you could blow it up. <laughs> okay, because I'm thinking maybe, like, my I use my web thrower to control the bush. And then I'm going to almost have my owl take their, like, canisters. If I, you just said I could use it to, like, as an explosive kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. If if somebody zaps it hard enough, yeah, I'm okay, sure it would so explode. What I'm thinking is we take all four oil canisters, or if there's one canister, just the big canister, put it mm-hmm. into like the side, almost like have them put it in like a corner, and then I'm gonna try and take my lightning web thrower and like drag them to over it, like towards that um lightning oil canister, and then Hell as yeah, they and you're... get over there, the rook is gonna zap it and try and explode it to help destroy the bush. Oh, I love it! I love it! All right, so. As you can see, still in the middle section of the second page, uh, you make the opening move because you're the one who leads the team. So use your lightning web. Roll 2d6 and add your finesse. 2d6 plus finesse. Where's my finesse? So I get another 10. Hell yes. Back to the first page. On the left, when you employ finesse, you get to pick two of the following. Do you do it quickly? Do you avoid trouble, compromise, or cost? Or do you do it uh, impressively, stylishly to greater effect? So pick two of those. I'm definitely doing it without trouble and doing it quickly. I'm just all about business. Get this head shit done. Hell yes. Efficiency. You get everybody into position. Like, uh, this is a practice motion. You, you have all been training for months, the better part of a year. Without any wasted movement, you shoot your lightning web thrower. It wraps around the coil of thorns, which is at the moment about the size of uh, one of you. You wrap it up, tighten it. The anchor with their uh, like electro field crackling. Uh, is able to um, help kite it, and then, like, as you swing it, he also helps to push the coil of thorns uh, right towards where the owl has placed two lightning oil canisters. Keep it going. Keep it going. It's working. It is at that moment. The the rook, the boy who said, uh, uh, Jamuka, it will be me, gets forward and uh, shoots it, blasts it with lightning. The coil of thorns crackles and twists along with the lightning uh, around it, and then mm-hmm. there's a greater just as like the lightning oil canisters explode unleashing uh some of the uh lightning inside the coil of thorns is like standing up straight imagine it like a thorny tumbleweed Mm -hmm. um but if it just sort of like exploded all stretched out and stuff still together but just like it's all stretched out arcs and bends like lightning at that the rook turns to nowhere in particular because you don't know where your proctors are there the test is over only one of us? Easy. And at that, there is a uh, sickening, grinding noise as thorns tear the neck of his uh, encounter suit open, and there's like a squirt of blood as the coil of thorns, which has now grown a little bit larger, oh, shit. slits this boy's throat, leaving him on the ground, and you hear a voice. This is no common spirit. This summoned horror is a manifestation of the Lady of Thorns herself. As I said... There will be no defeating it. Only outlasting. Continue, Gua'ata. Oh, no. The, the the coil of thorns lashes out, tossing the body of the boy towards you. It's like about to let it loose. It will hit you and 
probably hurt. Okay. So um, can I just like try and roll out of the way or just dive out of the way? Of Hell the yeah. That's that's perfectly within your rights. That'd be, what do you think, finesse? I would think so. Yeah, just I'm just diving. I'm not like trying to do anything else. Hell yeah. So 2d6? Roll 2d6, add your finesse. Oh, shit. Uh, five. Oh, so on a six or below, that is a miss. You fail in what you're doing. So you try to roll out of the way, but uh, this boy's body hits you. You hit the ground, take one harm as it was thrown with some force, but even more horrifying than that, you shake your head and like sit up. And as you sit up in your lap is the head of this boy that moments ago was sure that he was going to win. And months before that, even you had maybe trained with him. Take three trauma. Horrifying. Oh, three trauma. Oh, wow. That's a lot of trauma. Mm hmm. So misses are punished a lot. But engagements are also very quick in this game. Okay. So you missed that. The owl has fully decided to uh, play dirty. Oh, no. And you see the owl uh, like did like a slide kick, uh, tripping the anchor. And to add insult to injury, the owl's like, Kaishkiata, which roughly translates to, you blew it, maggot boy. He's going to run past you. He's just, he's just running away from the coil of thorns. And you see the anchor entangled in these thorns. And then sort of, it's almost like there's, there's no stomach. There's nowhere for him to go. But this coil of thorns eats him and grows a little bit larger. Oh, Jesus. So it's just me and the owl left. It's you and the owl and the owl's running. Okay. How does my lightning web thrower affect people? Your lightning web thrower would work on people. But you do have a lightning hook yourself. It's not a heavy one, but you have a normal one. So you can do either of those if you want. So it's about survival. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can I use my lightning web thrower to, like, grab the owl and almost, like, pull them back to me and, like, pull them in front of me? Hell yes. Oh, that's that's dark. That's the shit you've learned here from from the orphanage to here. Yeah. Jamuka, cold-hearted. It's, I love it. It's all about survival. The orphanage taught me survival. Roll me 2d6. 2d6. Oh, 12. Oh my god, you do all three. You do it quickly. Avoid trouble, compromise, or cost. And you do it impressively, stylishly, to greater effect. Is there, Let's so, fucking go. Do you have a vision of how this how this goes? <laughs> you want to narrate okay, so, it? Okay, so here's my, my, my vision. is basically I take my lightning thrower, I grab the owl, and I pull them in front of me. Like, directly in front of me, like a foot away. And as they're in front of me, I, like, grab their, like, spirit goggles off their face. Oh. <sighs> Put them on my, or, and like just off their face, and then I kick them into the bush. Hell yes! Oh my god, they you grab them, and they're like, oh, Chamuka, I don't want, I don't want it, and they kick, and then the the coil of thorns grab, like just assimilates it into its body, and it grows huge, and it starts to like it rather, it starts to spread out and wrap around this mm-hmm. like torch lit area. But then, although it hasn't touched any of the torches starts to burn at the edges and you see when it burns it leaves behind no ashes just like this weird unearthly ether uh and the coil of thorns it it doesn't have a face or anything but you swear the way the thorns move it's almost like scared of this and this like just this fire just consumes it leaving behind the strange ethereal sparkle and then you hear just a couple of claps i do a uh small bow excellent as you can see, manifestations of forgotten gods can no longer survive in this world for very long. And you, Jamuka, have survived. I did what I had to. And that is what makes a good Gualim. You will do what you have to. For Iruvia first, for yourself second. For Iruvia master. For this assignment, you may come into contact with another envoy of the forgotten gods. 
it has come to our attention that on board of one Imperial locomotive, the pride of Duskwall, there is an artifact of the one within many. The one within many will be able to give the Demon Princes some vital information. We shall give you a boon with which to negotiate. Negotiate? Though we do not know where this artifact is. Does someone have the artifact, Master? Must I take it from them? There is no need for theft. The artifact will simply allow you to communicate with the one within many. If you can find some time alone with it, whatever it may be. We do not know the shape of it, but we know that it has been consistently upon the train, so it is not a passenger's. How will I recognize this artifact, Master? That will unfortunately be left to you. But no, that is the one within many. One thing made of many things, or many things perhaps made of all one thing. The Forgotten Gods are... Fickle, sir. Fickle and contradictory. Mm. This is fortuitous that you were the one to survive, Jamuka. Fortune had nothing to do with it. Perhaps. But I believe Ixis may have foreseen such an event. One of the line bowls which you will be placed among is our countryman, one Andrel, that you may remember from your youth. I have a vague recollection of an Andrel. Are they sympathetic to our cause? Assume that Andrel might be sympathetic and against the further incursion of the immortal emperor. Likewise, there is a Severosi man. He could be swayed. There is one Imperial aboard, but judging by his background, it is possible he, too, has no love for the Immortal Emperor. The Imperial won't stand in our way, Master. If you can, perhaps take their temperature as to their thoughts on the Immortal Emperor. More allies are always good, especially within the Imperial Railways. I will seek allies for you, Master, and this artifact if I can so find it. Before you go, it is time for your first Duhadra. I am ready, Master. They place before you a wide bowl of a shadowy liquid. Empty yourself and replace it with the power of Ixis. They motion for you to drink. I drink. As you drink, you feel an intense pressure in your head, like a firecracker going off in your head. But just when it would explode, it's almost like part of your brain just sort of balloons and floats away. You feel a little foggier in your own head, but you feel an awareness in your extremities beyond what you've ever felt before, and you, you feel empowered. Like putting my hands in front of my face and just like flexing my fingers. Like it's like I've seen them for the first time. now conceives the apprentice Jamuka. have accepted May Ixis raise a splendid guardian. by John Harper. My name is Greg, and I run this game that you'll be listening to. Uh, my name is Hannah. I play Andrel. Uh, Andrel is baby, and so am I sometimes. <laughs> I'm Guy. I play Pip. I don't have a good segue. 
Uh, I'm Stefan, I play Drix, and I am still reeling from the Grinchicle. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Uh, the Grinchicle. We need to date us immediately again. We also, we also have a guest who will maybe be introduced a little bit later, but you, the listener, have heard, have heard him in the little cold open here. But for right now, where we left off, in Kethris, or Cloudspire, Andril's hometown, Andril has just received a package addressed from one Polonia Lanvel, uh, the scholar that she worked with in South Point. Andril, yeah. you, uh, you put in a special order for this, and when you open it up, the package uh, contains uh, simple-to-reassemble parts of a reinforced encounter suit. I know it explains that uh, in response to your request for some armor, Polonia took some inspiration from uh, the Ialim falconers who historically kept the peace in Eruvia. They had falcons that would seek out trouble, inform them of it, and then they'd sort of chase down whoever needed rescuing, whoever needed stopping. Uh, so it prioritizes movement while also giving some amount of protection. So you now have an encounter suit that has one armor. Yay! Dang, this. Now I just need an animal companion, and this will be perfect. Nice. Uh, presumably you head back to the Pride of Duskwall? Yep. Uh, as we are getting ready to go. Uh, is Drix there already? Sure, why not? Cool, Drix. Well, what is Drix doing as Angel shows up? Um, Drix is squatting in front of a rat. <laughs> oh my god. <gasps> um, you, can... you know, for the benefit of some listeners, what does Drix physically look like? Uh, also As he from- squats in front of the rat! Uh, Drix is a tall Severosi man. He's got broad shoulders, darker skin, black curly hair. Uh, he's currently wearing his typical black hat with a red band. A black vest over a white shirt with his sleeves bunched up around his elbows. Uh, and some slacks, oh, with a big gold belt buckle. And uh, I don't, I don't believe you said what kind of hat oh, it was. Oh, uh, a cowboy hat, of course, because he's a railway cowboy, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to your description later, uh, oh. Hannah. By the way, so okay. don't, don't, don't worry. I'm not forgetting it. But yeah, he's squatting in front of a rat. <laughs> <gasps> Is the rat talking? <laughs> not yet, but he definitely might. Andrew scurries over and also squats in front of the rat. <laughs> Andrew, I, I don't want to freak you out. But I think that Pip has a rat demon on this train. Okay, you're never gonna believe what happened to me in uh in the distillery. <laughs> there were a bunch of rats and their tails all twisted together, and then they talked to me in one voice, and then they gave me cheese. They gave you cheese? <laughs> They gave me cheese because the people wanted me to kill them, but I was like, I can just get them out and it'll accomplish the same thing. And then, like, like, and then they gave, and then I got yelled at by the people, and the rats gave me cheese. So, like, oh my gosh, um, yeah. So I, I spotted Pip at the head of an alley talking to this rat creature with, like you said, the tails were all tied together and it was talking in multiple voices. Uh, I came up, uh, it was like, oh no, Adric has spotted us. And then it was like, or, and then, uh, a demon shot it and it, it, it seemed to like get blasted apart. There's a lot to process there, but there's a lot to process there. Yeah. Um. Notably missing from this uh, discussion of the rat 
as the, the single rat uh, squeaks confusedly, but uh, <laughs> Trix has been in front of this uh, rat for quite some time, and it's sort of gotten <laughs> acclimated to him. Um, uh, uh, away from the train and absent from this conversation is Pippin McKeel, who is currently in an area underneath the docks, talking to a burly-looking Eruvian. The Eruvian hefts a, uh, a sack of silver coins. All right, this should be enough for it. All right, and you, you know what I'm asking you to... What I'm asking you for? Yeah? The uh, scrap rat pack are not the sort to uh, blanch at unsavory activities. You've met our boss, Brenna the Rat Sniffer. I certainly have, which is why I trust you with this particular thing. Just, you know, exterminating some, some vermin. You've uh, you certainly paid enough to make sure we won't ask any questions. And I can get this across and get the plan from the boss. By the time you arrive in your next destination, Taji the tank engine should be taken out. Oh my god! Pip just gives like a curt nod and it's like, Alright, I'll trust you at your word. You're murdering a nine-year-old, Jesus. Yep. We won't contact you. You'll you'll hear the job being done. We don't know each other. Of course not. I don't. I, I don't know anything. I'm just a line bull going from destination to destination. He puts the sack of silver coins uh, into a pouch and leaves. I went down from thirty stash to ten. Pip just put a hit out on a nine-year-old boy. Oh my god! <laughs> this is a major request of for favor. I have decided that, um, much as how in Blades in the Dark you can exchange a stash for coin. You can exchange stash for favor or chits. Guy here has exchanged uh, 20 stash for five favor and an additional one favor that he already has for six favor. This will be... So no matter what, Taji the Tang Engine will no longer be the crime NPC in Eruvia. However, uh, once you arrive at the the next destination, I'm going to make a roll with pluses thanks to the extra favor added to see the fate of Taji the Tank Engine, the nine-year-old would-be crime lord. Guy, I can't believe you got rid of my favorite NPC. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Hold the fucking phone. No. We put in the chat asking, like, hey, is there anything more you want to do with this guy? Everyone? Yeah, but I thought that Greg was just making, like, an independent decision as the DM. I didn't know that you called a hit out on him. That's actually, that's one of the possible uh, repercussions, depending on how the roll goes. Uh, It might be successful, but you guys might, it might come back that perhaps Pippin ordered the hit. Which you'll know. At the moment, though, Pippin McKeel walks onto the Pride of Dusk wall. What does he look like physically as he walks onto the Pride of Dusk wall? Uh, Pippin is... He's fairly tall, fairly lanky, but because of his perpetually poor posture, uh, how's that for some alliteration, assonance, etc., whichever, he's kind of like perpetually slumped down. He's fairly pale, but like a little bit flushed just because of the heat of being in Aruvia. And he's got a starting to form gin blossom nose, which is even more flushed than the rest of his face, just sort of like even brighter red. What does Pip see when he gets on? Are you guys still sitting in front of the rat, or have you? <laughs> no, yes, I'm still sitting in front of this rat. There's now two rats. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, Pip, make him talk. <laughs> no, I'm not getting involved with this nonsense. Drake said you've seen the rats talk. It's not like I make them do it. They just sort of 
It happens whenever it is least convenient. It seems like it happens about you. So let's let's figure it out. This is another Wait, mystery. Wait, has this happened multiple times? <laughs> Apparently, it's been happening to Pip for a while now. I want to what? get on the train. I want to take yeah. off my coat. I don't want <laughs> to deal with these bloody emperor forsaken rats. Well, why not, why not just take off your coat now? Because it's easier to wear it than to carry it. And I don't want to carry my coat around. <laughs> the train is right there. You're right. The train you're, is right there. You're You'd be preventing me from minutes. active comfort. <laughs> take your coat off and then tell us about the rats. I will carry your coat. <laughs> Let's just leave. I do not want to be here any longer than I have to. King of Rats, blink twice if you're hearing this. One rat squeaks, um, squeaks and starts to sniff at your finger. Andrew punches Drix in the arms a few times in quick succession. <laughs> Drix just like wordlessly turns to you and just like mouths, "We got him." <laughs> uh, as you say that, the the rat bites your finger. No! <laughs> And they, at the sound of your shriek, uh, almost like they weren't expecting that, they both the two rats scatter. No! <sighs> Dang it. All right. All right. Uh, it's okay. We'll find another one. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to blow this thing wide open. <laughs> We're going to blow this thing wide open. I wonder if this has anything to do with the emperor. You know, maybe. Do you think he knows the rat king? How old is the rat king? Maybe the rat king's been around. I don't know. We'll have to ask the rat. Pip, how old is the rat king? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Most rats have like a lifespan of like a month and a half. Right? But they, it seems so wise. How long has the rat king been with you? I'm not answering this question. I'm getting a drink. I'm getting on the train. Good day. Pip stalks off onto the train. All right. I guess I guess we got to table this investigation for today. But all right. We will find out what is going on here. <laughs> also, you don't think you don't think Pip's accent is fake, do you? What? <laughs> I mean, I did it, but now that you brought it up, <laughs> I just I, I had a run in at one of my side jobs. Why? Wait, wait, is your accent fake? No, no, but she just kept insinuating that my accent was fake. And, like, her accent was fake, so I'm, and now I'm, like, wondering, is everyone faking their accent? Oh my and, god, and, and, what if Am I the only one with the real accent? accent? How do I know, how do I know I can trust you? I, I don't know. How do I know this isn't an elaborate ploy to throw me off about you faking your accent? Oh my god. Well, oh I, my god. I, I guess now you can't. Oh no. Oh my god. As this crisis occurs on board the Pride of Duskwall, a figure carrying a uh, bag approaches the uh, several car train, the, the, the long locomotive. I'm just going to describe it real quick for the benefit of listeners and our guest. Up front is a locomotive with smoke trailing out of two sides of the front of the face in a manner reminiscent of a mustache. Within the locomotive is Trevor, the bespectacled, acarosi waif of a man who works, serves as the engineer to the largely autonomous train, looking over the state of the train and the locked do-not-enter closet. Behind that is the parlor car, 
the only place where pets are allowed on the train with coin-operated seats and a hot tub. This is looked after by a Scovlander named Georgie. Uh, she wears a plaid skirt and has red hair. Behind that is the dining car, the newest addition with a uh, restroom, separate soundproof booths, and a bit of a hotspot for the magnetic tube system used to carry messages throughout the rest of the train. Uh, this car is looked after by Greta, a um, brawny Scovlander chef with piercings and uh, tattoos, tattooed to the Lady of Thorns, a forgotten god. Behind that is the normal passenger car, boasting a Faraday cage uh, along the outside to uh, show off some security. Uh, and an all-wood interior, there is a little uh, booth for one Mr. McClaremont, head of religious services, although knowing what we now know about his uh, work making elixirs and remedies, uh, this confession booth is something more like a little alchemy lab. Behind that is where our line bulls stay, the crew car, or the bullpen, as it's called. There are bunk beds, uh, the place is dominated by a Geist brand gaming table, and there is a bar with some amount of like a little like electrical food sh storage, like an old-timey icebox. Behind that is the office car, where Candace, the middle-aged woman with a cigarette holder, sits among several uh, locked cabinets, puzzled secret compartments, uh, sitting in front of a telegraph used to communicate with the Imperial Railways, uh, Mr. Walker specifically, of the Ministry of Preservation. Uh, this is where all pay is handled, and how any orders get along the train, uh, get, get, get to and from the train, uh, using the electro rails themselves as a telegraph line. Behind that is the freight boxcar, which uh, is overpacked with an eternal rat problem, uh, from which uh, the drama of the rats earlier has been uh, <laughs> has spawned. Um, there is a space between cars wide enough to climb onto the roof. This is the primary deployment location of the bulls, as uh, it can allow for multiple bulls to head to the top of the train, as opposed to every other car, which really only has space for one person. Behind that, the train car that can't exactly be entered, but it is uh, nonetheless attached. The Leviathan Belly, uh, carrying lightning oil. It's round with struts and a flat top. There's a protective lining on the outside, uh, as well as clips to uh, rappel around from. There is a switch that should not be pulled to funnel the lightning oil into the train. This car essentially can be passed clear through without entering the, you know, the oil. <laughs> Way in the back is the caboose, which doubles as a bit of a rail grinder. It's entirely metal on the outside with doors on the sides. There are a half a dozen formerly vagrant laborers among a workshop, as well as the spirit box, uh, where customers can leave uh, suggestions and reviews. Uh, and just generally, this is where uh, the uh, maintenance of the train is maintained. <sighs> okay. Breathe, Greg, breathe. It's cool, it's cool. This is last time, it took me like fucking 10 minutes, so I was like, I gotta do this in like under five. Um, you're good, you're good. We here at Ghosts on a Train interrupt your normally scheduled audio program to bring you this message from our friends at We Never Learned the Rules. We Never Learned the Rules is a role play driven actual play podcast where, believe it or not, we never learned the rules. We are focused on comedy. I'll have one drink to go for now. All right, what do you want? What's your most expensive one? The electric eel. Okay, I'll have that. You can just put it on my tab. And I walk upstairs, and as soon as I lose sight, I go, hee-hee-hee, because I'm not going to pay it. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell that's what you were doing. <laughs> and horror. You lot are fools, aren't you? 
and I like step back at like I don't want to be like right next to him, but I want to have make sure I have like a clear shot if I need a fire. We have two campaigns in the style of Indiana Jones and Atlantis The Lost Empire using Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition and Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu. We'd love for you to join us on our adventures wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, back to your regularly scheduled audio program. But a figure approaches. The that figure is one Jamuka. Our special guest Jack, go ahead, describe your character. Hello, my name is uh, Jack. I'll be playing Jamukar. Um, he's a tall, kind of like mahogany skin, like very lean, almost like like a dancer's kind of body. Like that like kind of like smooth grace is kind of how he walks and just kind of flows into the room. Yeah. That was incredibly poetic. Mm-hmm. You approach uh, Jamuka with uh, your bag of, like, stuff. This is your first proper line bowl assignment. As you approach, the one with the cigarette holder, Candace, uh, is waiting for you. All right, are you, uh, you're, uh, you're, you're James, right? It says here on your, James. My name's Jamuka. James is not my real name. Oh, uh, terribly sorry. You're here to work the line uh, to Uduasha, right? That is correct. All right, thanks an awful lot for, for, for doing this. Uh, again, it's just a little bit of extra security. We've had some uh, incidents in the past around that area. Just tell me where I need to go. Uh, certainly. I'm here for a job, nothing more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, understood. All right, yeah, yeah, great. Um, yeah, the bullpen's that way. Jesus. Thank you. Jamuka enters the... Andrew, what did you look like last time Jamie saw you? And how is that contrasted with what it is now? Hmm. That's a good question. It hasn't been too, too long. It's, I've, I guess I probably got a little uh, taller. The constants, I suppose, are the uh, copper skin, uh, short, dark hair, which are the two physical traits I usually give she, she always wore, she always wore her hair short? Yeah, I think she always wore her hair short, Yeah. Uh, I think there were many days of, like, group adventures in the orphanage, like, trying to cut it and it came out all jagged. Maybe it's a little neater now because she has access to, like, better scissors. Maybe they, I think she probably, like, carries herself a little differently. Still, you know, kind of kid-like, lighthearted and mischievous, but she's, she's, she's seen some shit now. I think probably there's a difference in the way she, like, turns when she hears someone enter the room. Like she's looking for something. Speaking of, this is the first time we've really met Jamuka, but uh, yeah, is there any is there any difference from when Andrew last saw you? From last time, probably I've definitely grown like significantly taller, like probably like at least like five or six inches from like the last time she saw me. And like last time, like in the orphanage, I had like more like long hair, probably like shoulder length, just kind of dark black hair. And now I'm just, like, full buzz cut, like, just shaved completely down. My eyes kind of have, like, a little bit more, like, of a serious bend to them. Like, they've kind of lost that, like, youthful innocence. Goddamn. Haven't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Not to bring it down or anything. (laughs) But yeah, uh, this this figure enters the crew car. Jamie? Andrell, ah, I am pleased to see you are still alive. Jamie! She like runs over and hugs you. <laughs> uh, he just, I just kind of like 
stand there for a second like with my arms by my side and then like slowly like put them up and like give you like a small hug like it's not like super intense it's just like okay you're here (laughs) (laughs) oh my god how are you what's going on oh my god i haven't seen you since i uh got on this train and then uh was never seen again at the orphanage i'm sorry about that i ran into millie a couple days ago and she was like oh we all thought you were dead and that was not my intention (laughs) stuff just kind of happened yes we uh we uh, kind of assumed that, you know, you just been picked up by some stranger. We'd never see you again. We didn't know it really happened. That's kind of what happened. I was picked up by, <laughs> by the various strangers on this train. But, like, not in a sinister uh, way. Not in a sinister... Well, I guess a little bit in the sinister way. But not in, like, this... Was there no way you could have sent us word... I we, we we looked for you. We searched for you everything. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I kind of I was like with a couple people when I got on the train. So I kind of assumed that they would tell you what happened, but now that I think about it, I guess all they saw is me going onto the train and then not coming off of the train. <laughs> so I it just it just kind of a lot's been happening. I fought a demon. I've been busy. I've been fighting my own demons, you could say. No, I fought a literal <laughs> demon. Like a real one. Like it came out of a rock and tried to kill us. Who says my demons aren't literal too? I mean, are they? <laughs> Have you fought a demon? As this conversation is happening, uh, Drix, the chunk of Voldrenai feels heavy once again in your pocket in that like supernatural way that you felt before. And uh, much like before, as you acknowledge it the heaviness uh subsides <laughs> are they <laughs> oh my god you're a lime bull uh, uh, yeah you could have fought a demon are you oh my god you're a lime bull that's crazy i thought candace was like against making children lime bull she she seemed really really sad about me being a lime bull actually i'm not oh wow this is a lot to take in <laughs> candace didn't make me a lime bull I was adopted by a noble family. A noble family of line bulls. Oh, man. They've been training me since I left the orphanage. Oh, what family? Because we've got someone from a noble family, and then things might get a little weird. I'm of the house on Ixus. Ooh. Damn, you're you're living the fancy life, aren't you? I mean, I guess I am, too. I am merely a ward. They have not adopted me into the family. Oh, well, that's that's mean. They're making you be a lime bull and they're not even adopting you? They pay me. They feed me. It's better than the orphanage. Yeah, well, lots of things are better than the orphanage. Amen, sister. <laughs> Pippin Drix. <laughs> <laughs> you are present uh, for this conversation. <laughs> so are you getting a weird vibe off this guy? Oh, yeah, but I really want to speak up too much since, like... <laughs> I'd, I'd rather just let them have their reunion, you know? This, your friends grow apart and you find them and they're in a weird state and you don't really want to say anything, but it's, it's still nice to see them, so it's, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just letting it happen. I'm sure Andrew was picking up on whatever vibes are going on, Actually, too. I, I have a question. 
Hmm? Uh, Jack, was Jamie this weird and edgy the last time I saw? Is this just what you're like, or is this a recent development? No, this is a, this is like a recent development. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, okay, this so I no. should be worried about this. Yes, yes, yes. Like Jamie but, but, was but, much but, more but right like. Now. Okay, for right now you're probably just really excited to. For right see now, me now. Yes, yes, I'm probably just But I am different. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have changed recently. All right, duly noted. Honestly, I'm a little bit surprised you could pick up on a Drix mate. Um, it's, it's, I'm proud of you. you you're learning. Let, let me make you a drink. <laughs> oh, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I like to think I'm a people person. Yeah, I think at this point, Angel, like, kind of grabs Jamie by the arm and, like, drags him over to, uh, Pip and Jix. And is like, Pip, Jix, this is my friend from the orphanage. His name is Jamie. Uh, Jamie, these are, this is Pip and Jix. They're the other two limebulls on this chain. Hey, uh, we're we're the suspicious strangers, or at least a few of them. <laughs> I mean, you guys weren't here when when I got picked up, so you're just that's you're true. just new suspicious strangers. Ah, it's, that's it's, it. it's very true. <laughs> I wondered who these two were dropping eaves over here. I mean, we are talking loudly with them in the room. That's not important. I hear you're uh, you're an orphan. Uh, welcome to the club. Pip extends a hand. Oh, are we all orphans? Uh, uh, most of us, I think. Drix, do you do you, do you know your parents? Yeah, I'm. I, I know my parents. Oh, well, uh, well, it's it... lucky. Would you like to lend me one? <laughs> <laughs> um, that might present some issues. You got your foot in the door with parents, at least. You're like on your way to parents, <laughs> Jamie. Hey, I've only been adopted for work, not for love. Oh, well, that sucks. That's... I mean, it's it's just kind of the way of the world. It is. Honestly, Sorry, that's, mate. It's, that's a shame. It's right, unfortunately. As you two are reminiscing, uh, the crew car door opens up from inside the train. Georgie enters. Uh, yeah, she's a Scovlander with uh, red hair and like a plaid skirt. Um, and she she is the liaison between the passengers and the rest of the crew. All right, Lindles, uh, you can the drill by now. Uh the passengers are going to come on board, so uh, just uh, be sure to be. Oh, uh, terribly sorry, sir. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know your name. Uh, you're, uh, well, not James. Uh, I've, I've been told to x that out. Um, you may call me Jamuka. Jamuka. Oh, tis a, tis a fetching name. Awful grateful to, ha- to have you here, uh, Jamuka. Yeah, normally, normally when the passengers come on board, I try to ensure the line will stay in their uh, crew car. So. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, din, din, if, if you need anything, uh, dinny fash and uh, ask me, Georgie. I'm the liaison between uh, passengers and uh, customers. I just nod. Like, I just keep eye contact and just nod and say nothing. She uh, trembles uncomfortably at the intense <laughs> eye contact. All right, then. Uh, see you. <laughs> and she leaves. Bye, Georgie. Oh, uh, should, should we call you Jamakar? Call me what you will, but Jamokar is my preferred name. Well, then I would prefer to prefer I would prefer to call you by your preferred name. Then I would prefer for your preference. <laughs> yeah, I can start calling you that. You never went by that at the orphanage. The orphanage changed my name, trying to make me more suitable for society. Huh? Did they change my name? I, I cannot answer that question for you. That'd be weird. Andrew Anderson. I guess that's not a very Aruvian name. Two A's sound suspicious. Yeah. 
Let's watch the passengers. (laughs) So, so several passengers will board, and I like to ask uh, all the players um, if any passenger catches their eye. Just give me, like, a physical description of them. You don't need to come up with a passenger every time, but just if anything jumps out at you. So, uh, Jack, if you have something immediately, you you can, like, spit it out there but if you want i could ask uh some of the others and you can get sort of a vibe for what we go for usually yeah, give me give me the vibe here real quick all right who's got a passenger i have one there is a man he comes on he's got a a big full mustache wearing like a little chef's hat and an apron covered with like a little bit of flour wearing oven mitts uh and he is there with his wife which is a life-size, one-to-one scale gingerbread woman. What? How do you know that's his wife? Because of the ring, obviously. And he always introduces her as like, this is uh, my wife. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Alright, wait. The wedding rings The wedding rings raises an important question, which is, does this gingerbread woman have fingers? Yes. Again, this is one-to-one scale. This is a very accurate gingerbread woman. Honestly, it is very impressive at how detailed it is. Two questions. Uh, yeah, yeah. First off, can she move? I'm going to say we can't see if she can. Oh, my God. She's like a weeping angel. Okay, okay. So is there a homeland <laughs> yeah. that is very obvious with this person? Like, are they Akarosi? What accent is Jamelli trying to, trying to ape? Because <laughs> I think he is actually from there. Cool. Probably, I'm gonna say it's it's a part of Akaros. Like me, that's that's a white hollow accent. All right. <laughs> sure. Do we have to voice these passages? No, no, by no the Greg. Way? I, I will. I will. Oh no, that's for oh, okay. Greg. We are, okay, okay. We are responsible only for providing him with inspiration. Also, passenger car or parlor car. Obviously, he's going to the parlor car. Only the best for his wife. <laughs> oh, a very loving husband. She, she cannot go into the hot, hot tub, tub though. He should. He 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 walks in wheeling his wife. Uh, this gingerbread wife in on like a little pallet, and Georgie's like, "Ah, good day to you, sir. Um, so a uh, ticket for one and some luggage." Oh, uh, you you do not know what insult you you say, so I shall not hold it against you. But no, this is uh, my beautiful wife, so uh, two adult tickets, uh, please. Georgie Georgie looks a little uncomfortable, but um, <laughs> neither of you noticed, and neither did she. Suddenly, there is a gingerbread hand stock still, holding <laughs> two tickets uh, in front of her, Holy and she shit. takes them. And the uh, the chef <laughs> wheels his wife to the parlor car. Good lord! I have to know. All right, I I got one. Y'all, you guys know like like Fabio. Person on the cover of the the uh, romance novels. I am. I think we have uh, uh, Severosi version of Fabio. So like, like just Amazing. incredibly muscular, shirt open, the longest, most glorious hair. These, uh, these curls are are legendary. Mm-hmm. Somehow it looks like there's wind blowing when he enters. <laughs> it's not entirely clear where it's coming from, but like, like, yeah. Oh, there's always like a nice shine on his like on his like dark skin too. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. inexplicably, oh, regardless regardless of the lighting, mm-hmm. he's got like it's this perfect, beautiful lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, for a minute, Georgie <laughs> gives a look like that uncomfortable trembling she gave when uh, when Jamuka was staring at her all intensely. But you see, it goes uh, it goes far deeper, and she's. Take it. If, if you can, <laughs> sir. <laughs> um, uh, 
he uh, he sort of uh, leans forward, um, resting one hand on like uh, his lower back as he reaches to uh, he reaches into a, a deep pocket and he pulls out a ticket. He like bends and snaps up, <laughs> so like his hair sort of like bounces. I think there's probably an audible gleam sound effect coming off of his yeah. rippling bod. Yes. <laughs> Here you go. Thank you very much for uh, ensuring our safe voyage on this train and fulfilling it with such beauty (laughs) and um he he puts the ticket like in like her little like ticket clipboard thing and then brushes uh the hair off of the clipboard and also coincidentally behind her ear and he just walks right past her she has not moved (laughs) i love how you have one voice that you use for any hot npc <laughs> yep. It's always the same voice. That's Greg's seductive voice. <laughs> is it ever wrong though? The answer is no. It's a it good voice. It is a good though. voice. I it give is it a good you. voice. It's just that is the same voice as Greta. That is the same voice as Jotter from our home game. Well, I have. Well, no. There's there's mm-hmm. there's one other voice that he's for hot NPCs. What is it? This is it. It's my Bad. voice. Oh, <laughs> Bad. Shit. Bad. All right. Someone else. Someone else. Give a fucking passenger before I kill him. All right. I got one. I got one. Um. So years and years and years ago, when the Imperial Railways were a little bit younger, uh, and there was just a little bit less regulation, a sport evolved called rail surfing, where you, where you ride on a small platform behind, drifting behind a train. The person who gets onto this train, everyone seems to think looks kind of like that one guy, Trevor Sparrow. Oh no! But, <laughs> but nobody, but like nobody is sure, and no one really wants to ask. Uh, what what homelands was Trevor Sparrow from? This is that's what this guy looks like. <laughs> I want our listeners to know that this is now the second game that I have played with Greg, Stefan, and Guy uh, that has a Tony Hawk character. <laughs> It sure is. I think Trevor Sparrow's from Scotland, actually. Nice, Scotlander. And uh, parlor car or passenger car? I think he's, like, he's deciding between at the very last moment, but then he goes parlor. (laughs) Can I ask what the difference is between the cars? Parlor's, like, first class. Okay, and passenger's just standard coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Georgie, uh, ticket please, sir. I just say... Yeah, you bear an uncanny resemblance to, uh, to, uh, what is that, what, what is that fellow, that, uh, that Trevor Sparrow fella? I'm from, I'm from, uh, Lockport, so I, 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 I can his face, and yeah, yeah, there's a bit of a resemblance. I, you know, a day doesn't go by that I didn't wonder, uh, what he's doing right now. <laughs> ah, class, he's, uh, doing this. <laughs> he's, he's doing this, that I can assure you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he walks into the pilot car. <laughs> Was that Trevor Sparrow? No, nah, it couldn't have been. No, it, it, it just looked real. Yeah. Like him, you know? He's got one of those faces. I'm sure a lot of people look like Trevor Sparrow. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Oh, gosh. Um, Jack, do you, have, do you have a passenger? <laughs> yes, I do have a passenger. Okay, so it's this, like, short, maybe, like, 5'1", little man who's, like, very, like, round, rotund. Just, like, alabaster white skin in, like, a full, like, tuxedo with, like, a top hat. And, like, behind him, he has, like, his, like, little butler slash, like, servant with him, <laughs> who's literally just holding, like, a silver platter on it with, like, a full, like, roasted duck just sitting on it. 
And, like, as he's walking up to, like, the conductor, he just turns around, rips off a leg, and starts, like, devouring it in front of uh, Georgie. <laughs> two two things. First of all, I definitely first process a leg as, like, one of his own legs. <laughs> second, of, so much second of all, I fully thought that you were putting Danny DeVito on this train from the second you said 5-1. Hannah, Hannah, you want to know the best part? What? I'm describing the Danny DeVito penguin, so you're right. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Hey, Danny DeVito, come on our podcast. (laughs) Please. please. He'd be like, what's a podcast? I love ghosts on a train. Danny DeVito is cool. Uh, Sir, uh, sir, are you bringing that food onto the the train? Yes. They're uh, they're a problem, love. Oh, my God. Well, uh... We uh we, we do have dining a dining car available and um we, we uh want to avoid any vermin problems. We do we, we didn't we didn't normally uh, allow uh, outside food or um uh and uh, he snaps his fingers and um he snaps his fingers and uh the uh, little butler uh reaches into his pocket uh <laughs> reaches reaches into the man's pocket and pulls out a pouch and he says uh, all right. Uh, so how much does it cost to let me bring my this delicious roast duck onto your train? Georgie thinks for a moment, and then she just goes, I, that'll be five. That'll be five, sir. Go on in. <laughs> There's, I'm picturing like a Candace thought bubble popping up being like, like, oh! <laughs> You can, or well, you can hear in the background like a sound effect of Candace, Candace's eyes turning to money. <laughs> <laughs> all right, with all the passengers ready, Trevor uh, pokes his head out of the, lo- the locomotive up front. All right, Pride of Duskwall, heading to uh, Lakewood, Uduasha. That's right, Pride of Duskwall, uh, leaving for Lakewood Line to Uduasha. All aboard. And the uh, Pride of Duskwall lets out a uh, loud whistle as fire and smoke belches from the front of the train in that iconic mustache shape. Uh, and the uh, train exits the lightning barrier, streaking across the Deathlands. You guys are in the crew car. Yay! We sure are. I never know what to do with this part. <laughs> so, so you, you seen the gingerbread lady who's gonna go in the hot tub? It, it seems oh, like... Oh, yeah, that'd be... A poor idea. Weird. I'll tell you one thing. I think that Severosi guy is definitely going to go in the hot tub, if only so he can be in a bathing suit. No, you're right. Uh, it feels 100%. like an obvious one. Did he not arrive in the bathing suit? <laughs> he had, like, a shirt. It was just, like, very open. Ah, it was one of those mesh see-through shirts. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Very Vogue, very... Uh, uh, he wasn't really hiding anything. It was definitely beach attire. That's true. Maybe he heard about the hot tub. Which which is wild, because, like, you'd think it would be, like, cold? Because it's, it's no sun. I mean, it's... it's You're the one who keeps complaining about how hot it is in Arubia. This is true, but also, like... Also, the uh, man generates his own wind, no? Do you think he cares for heat? That's true. I mean, I didn't... Was he generating his own wind? Is that what was happening? I mean, did you see anything else on him? I mean, no, but I assumed, like, like the simplest explanation is just the door was open somewhere. No, I believe the simplest explanation is that he has a small little man follow him around and blowing on him constantly. Oh, do you think he, do you think he, like, attuned himself to the ghost field and, like, 
got a spirit to follow him around, giving him a, giving him like a gust of wind. What, what if he's actually got like magic? Drix, as you say that, oh, right, um, shit. as you say that, uh, that's like when you've successfully exited the lightning barrier, and, and uh, suddenly, uh, flashing past your eyes, charging towards you, is a man running from some great horned tiger. The man runs past you, uh, and the tiger is charging right at you. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Drix dives. Yeah, after you dive in front of everybody, you, you squeeze your eyes closed and you open them back up, and the echo from the ghost field is gone. <laughs> Drix, you good? Uh. Do, do you need a blankie and some warm milk? Were you, did you drop something? Do you need help looking for, like, a corner or something? <laughs> You, you guys didn't see the... Did, did you see another rat? No, no, it wasn't. Are you sure your friend's alright? I have no idea if my friend's alright. Should he really be working this job? I... I mean... I, I This is the first time this has happened. I don't know. This is... He, he's uh, usually fine. Hey, maybe you should hang back and relax a little bit. Were you saying something about seeing something? Yeah, I I saw like a a ghost. A, a ghost ran past me, and then a ghost of like a tiger ran was was running straight for me, and then I dived. But there's a tiger. Uh, go- should we be worried about that? I feel like we should be worried about that, right? Haven't tigers been extinct for like <laughs> hundreds of years? Yeah, which is why you you would I was very surprised to see one charging at me. You did seem rather shocked. To Jamie, is this like something you were, is this about your weird demons thing? Like, do you know what's happening? I have no idea. Okay. I'm just as lost as you. All right. I think I have in, an inkling of what happened. So during one of our, our last jobs, we were talking with a demon, we saw the uh, the rats, and then Drix also attuned himself with the old, the old ghost field to, to complete the job. And I think he might have, he might have snapped under the pressure. Oh it's, God. it's all right, mate. I'll, I'll get you a drink. So you guys, you guys on your last job, side job, not even like ghost hunting job, met a demon, talked to the Rat King, and now Drix can see ghosts, but like not important ghosts, just like like ghosts. Like not murdery ghosts, just like ghosts. Listen, Andrew. He's he's had a very stressful last couple of lives. He found out that his uh one of his best friends is uh part demon. He had to fight a demon. Had to nearly lose his uh I mean, his we, friends and we co-workers. All had to he's, fight the demon. He's, yeah, boy. He's, he's I think he's just under a, a little bit of pressure. Just maybe just take it a little bit easy on him. He's, I uh, just what? He's what in were a way. You, was this like a leviathan hunting job? I just uh, slowly lean into um, Andrell and, and like just like tap her on the shoulder and whisper in her ear, "Hey, ease up a little." Okay. Drix, uh, Drix, as the, they're like whispering and Pip is pouring you a drink. Now you recognize that you are just witnessing a, an echo uh, of the ghost field because as Pippin is pouring a drink next to him, holding holding a spectral glass above where the uh, the liquid is pouring, and obviously the liquid is pouring right through. You see uh, Dunville the larger. Uh, looking a little younger, uh, smiling. Oh. Well, been a while. <laughs> uh, he like screws his eyes shut and just kind of rubs them a little bit. Yep, he's gone. I'll, I'll be fine. Uh, it's 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 not. It, it's just like 
it's stuff that was, but not stuff that is. Saw Dunville for a second there, but Me? it's fine. Uh, I, mean, I am here. <laughs> no, I the big big Dunville. Oh, okay. D Dunville the larger. Hold on, Andrew's tall for her age. I mate. am tall for my age. Thank you, Pip. <laughs> No one ever talks about me being tall for my age. Andrew, Andrew, Honestly, it doesn't I know really you're... come up in casual conversation a whole lot. <laughs> People keep calling me small. I don't like it. I'm not calling you small. I'm just calling you small comparatively. Dunville was like 6'5". I was taller than Jamie when I left the orphanage, but now he's a... He's, look at him. Look at him. I mean, you'll, you'll I mean, catch up. I mean, it's fine. Really, Dude, look at him. He's... Everyone grows at different rates, it's fine. Andrel, the almost as tall as Jamukar and not quite as big as Duval, does not run off the tongue as well as. <laughs> I didn't I didn't understand a bit of that, but I miss being taller than you. <laughs> Sorry, sometimes I slip into old Aruvi and you must forgive me. Ah. <laughs> Hip hands dricks the uh, warm, just like straight glass of spiced gin. Uh, Drix downs the whole thing. It is. It, it burns. It definitely burns. <laughs> okay. Uh, next time, I'm gonna mix that with something. Mistakes. They happen. Um, Jamakur. Andrew's told us a lot about you, actually. Now, we have some theories. Specifically... <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, we had some theories about uh. When um you said when he says when Drix says theories, I just kind of like snap my head and look like directly at him intensely. <laughs> Go on. So this whole emperor is a series of clones. I told them about yes. I told them about the series of clones thing. Are you sure you could trust them? I yes. Uh, we we have been look. We've I've been in the line of duty with them. I I. Also, we haven't seen you in years, and you let these two in on our biggest secret. I know how it sounds, but we found some really compelling evidence, and I just I needed people to bounce it off of. Could have bounced it off me had you not run away. Okay, well, if I wouldn't have even seen it if I hadn't run away. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, the sound of a. <laughs> as a magnet tube message uh, pops by you guys and you see another tube message uh, continues past you, uh, coming from the front. You know what? I always want to read those, but I think that's technically mail from. Alright, why don't you read the one that came to us? Pip pulls it out and unfolds it. What does it say, Greg? It's from Trevor up front. Hey guys, uh, again, a minor thing, uh, but I still need to let you guys know. Uh, you know I've been checking the readings on the trade. Uh, uh, we seem to be using up some of our uh, internal reserves of lightning oil. That means uh, we probably had some issue with our uh, current collector. Uh, so I'm gonna get the uh, gonna get the vagrants to start uh, fixing it up. So I'm just gonna stop the trade once you're ready. Just uh, just pop up front. We'll we'll fix it up. Okay. I guess we should go see Trevor then. Have you met Trevor, Jamie? Uh, I think I saw him on my way in. Yeah, he's a good dude. Lots of books. Also, do you think it's rude that we still call them the vagrants? I was wondering about that. Should we call them something Maybe. else? Maybe a little, a little bit, since like technically they're employees, but like it's okay. So as much as I love Jacques and Pierre and Fr Francis and everyone, um, it's Francois. Uh, my bad. I'm so sorry. I, I, when when asked if there was something they would rather prefer to be called, they they responded with 
uh, the followers of the singular wheel, and we all know how that is going to go. Hey there, was it Jean-Claude? It was Jean-Claude. God, God damn it, Jean-Claude. He's, he's Molly's favorite. Alright, let's go see Trevor. <laughs> Jamie, you've never, uh, Jabuka, you've never heard of the singular wheel. <laughs> no, I'm just standing here, like, just eyes straight ahead confused there was a there was a unicycle on the train some guy brought a unicycle and then uh he left the unicycle because i punched him uh uh because he had a child bride and that that sucked sounds like a good reason yeah and then some some vagrants like snuck onto the train and they they found the unicycle and they think it's god okay yeah (laughs) just cuz yeah i tried to tell them that it was like a, a problematic unicycle, like the guy with the unicycle, unicycle sucked, but but they hey, they hey. wouldn't listen. The unicycle didn't do anything wrong. It's merely a tool. I guess. It I was guess. A vessel. The unicycle was a vessel for his malfeasance. Yeah, something just rubs me the wrong way about it. Like the unicycle was complicit. You know, I read the word complicit in the dictionary. Anyway, let's go see Trevor. Yeah, are you guys gonna get uh, suited up? Yeah, probably. Right. What roles do you guys pick out? Oh, you pick a new role every time. Oh, yeah, you can yeah. pick a you can pick a you new pick role, a new every, role time. every time. I feel like we usually give give guests first choice. Yeah, I mean, like I, I really enjoyed the spider last time, so like I, I would like to play the spider unless anyone else has would like to play the spider because I'm totally cool branching out. You can take it. If, if, yeah, take go yeah, for it. Man. Go for it. I will spider yeah. then. Um, if I could grab the rook, that is the only role I haven't played yet, so that would be fun for me. Go for it. Take the rook. Yay. In that case, uh, what are you feeling? Anchor? I usually prefer the anchor, but that's up to you. Uh, you can go anchor if you want. I'll, uh, I'll play owl. Oh, we have our big dumb boy on owl. We do have our big dumb boy on owl. I'm so excited. I'm always keen on that. Love it when we have our big dumb boy on the smart roll. owl. Yeah, you guys notice uh, Andrel's got a fancy new encounter suit. It's like banded, thin sheets of metal. Jamuka, you recognize it as it's it's vaguely, it's it's similar to uh, the Ialim, which are uh, like sort of peacekeepers around Irubia. Uh, top of the line gear. I like your choice, Andrel. Thank you. Yeah, some lady that does like armor research made it for me. It's comfortable. Do you think you could give me a recommendation? Ooh, definitely, yeah. Hold on. Is 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 that is that armored? Yeah, no, it's got a little bit of armor, but like I can still move in it. Oh man. Yeah, she said it was like the Aruvian peacekeepers who like like run around a whole bunch. Pip, Pip looks at the the anchor suit and is like, I, I, I feel like I've been one up to a little bit. Uh, nothing that makes me particularly special. Well, the, <laughs> the the bulk of the anchor suit does come from like the big batteries and diodes and stuff that generate its own electro fields. Yeah, but I want to have this moment of like Pip being just like, oh, I'm not special. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, I gotta say, little Spurs, you were looking slick. Thank you. It's it's real nice. Thank you. All right, let's go, let's go. Let's take care of this. Classic. You guys get to the front. Trevor is there. Trevor, uh, the spectacled Akarosi man. So with, uh, with um, I don't think we've like, described his hair particularly, but like, yeah, just like brown hair, pale skin. Uh, and he's like, this is uh, the new guy, uh, uh, Jamuka. I nod to him again. 
Alright, uh, hey, how are you? I'm, I'm Trevor. You, you sure are, mate. Again, another nod. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah he, like, he like extended a hand, but then he like puts the hand back. How's, how's this, the scar feel? Oh, uh, check that out. I think it makes me look a little dashly. And yeah, you see he reveals, like, there's a very small, weirdly shaped scar sort of like in his cheek. Andrew whispers to Jamie, he bit a spiked hat. I thought he said ska, not scar. I'm sorry. You thought he said spa? I thought he said ska, not spa. Oh. An ancient music form. Uh, I mean, it's... I've never heard of the ska. Good. You don't want to. Listen, guys, we, we don't have time to talk about this. All right, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> ska, wow. ska is dead. We do not dare speak his name. Wow, Trevor, you are really in a business mood today, Trick says as he attempts to initiate the Sparkboy Power Club handshake. <laughs> <laughs> Callbacks, wow. Go drinks together. Yeah, you see, they do a um, complicated, uh, brief little handshake that uh, culminates on them touching their uh, pinkies and their thumbs together and making a little like like they're jolting. <laughs> That's great. Where was he? The, the dogs? And the the, the animals? <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So uh, so get this. We we've got a flat tire on the uh, the pride. We have wheels. No. Uh, it's it's a sag. Uh, so the uh, the current collector uh, for the the third rail for the uh, electro rails uh, we call it a contact shoe. So it's kind of like when somebody steps on your shoe in the back. Uh, it's just misaligned. So I could stop the train and raise it up a bit so that the vagrants could uh, get in there, realign the shoe. Right now we're working on our internal uh, oil, which I mean is probably enough to get us to our destination. But it's really only meant to be used when like the current's weak. So. Uh, ideally, if we could get it fixed, you know, that's more money saved than, than just a safer trip. Okay. How did you get misaligned? Uh, no clue. It could have been anything. Uh, weird thing with the track. Or, the, I, I, I don't know if it's a spirit or anything. Uh, which, again, it's it's the Deathlands, so in general you should, like, watch. <laughs> you know, you, you guys should be watching those vagrants. Uh. Alright. Sounds good. Let's go have some fun with our, our vagrant pals. All right, now that you guys are all suited up, I'll, I'll, it's safe to stop the train. Uh, attention, everybody. We will be uh, passengers. We will be uh, stopping for a brief moment for some simple maintenance. Please stay within the train. Is he giving finger guns to, like, the microphone as he's doing it? Because that's yes. what I'm picturing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was very much in the performance. I uh, know. I could, I could just see it in my mind's eye, my third eye. He didn't do it in real time, but it was, like, emotionally. Vocally, there. yeah, emotionally. The spirit was there, that's what matters. Ha-ha! <laughs> so, you guys head outside to the Deathlands. This section of the Deathlands, uh, it's Eruvia, so there's a lot of black sand and stuff. And well, in this sense, you can't see the fires of the Udu, which means, I guess, technically for them, it's nighttime. Uh, time's weird without a sun. The lightning barrier for uh, Cloud Spire is still distantly within view, but as you are standing outside, uh, so far so good. Nothing except for the choking Deathlands fog is sort of uh, circling around the area. The locomotive uh, sort of raises up, and you see, yeah, all like, the electrical equipment, and it looks like you're the current collector. You, you don't know all the technical bits, and you don't need to. The vagrants show up with a lot of tools, they've got masks on, and they're like, well, 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 it looks like it is time for just a little bit of uh, maintenance. Social distancing kings. Ah, it appears that uh, you have a, a new, uh, perhaps a uh, new member of the uh, Gang of Nine Bulls. 
Yeah, this is Jamie or Jamukar. Not again. Ah, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> bon bonjour to you, uh, Jamukar. Tell me, have you ever heard of the singular wheel of which we are all a part? Edward whispers, pervert unicycle. I say, we oui, and not to him. Oh, I see you have uh, maybe spent some time in Elysia. It is uh, always helpful to remember that we are all one within many. Uh, spokes in the singular wheels, that is. Uh, if you'd like, we could show it to you later. Uh, I, like, look at uh, Andrel, like, a little bit of a little bit of fear in my eyes. Like, help me. Shaking her head. Uh, he's very busy. Actually, he's my friend from the orphanage. So we're, we're like, hanging out and stuff. Oh, oh, I'm... I'm so sorry, mon ami. I shall not uh, distract from your friend, but if you have some extra time... Uh, as he's saying this, the, uh, the other uh, laborers are like already getting to work. Yeah. As, if you have some time, then perhaps uh, we can uh, discuss. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, and they get to work. We'll call you. <laughs> Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> Alright. So I guess we're just chilling, right? Waiting to see if anything weird happens? Yep. And it doesn't take long for something weird to happen. Yay! Um, Drix, you sort of pick up on it. There's a, a weird sound in your ear of like something like vomiting almost, like And you see in the distance, spectral and uh, echoey, you see it's as though like part of the land uh, far away sort of like upchucks a uh, figure. It's like a big, like, cri- like a, for lack of a better word, like a cryptus looking thing, like a mouth with teeth yeah, out yeah. of the ground. The earth just birthed this monstrosity. What? The earth just birthed a monstrosity in the distance and fixed points. <laughs> yeah, you don't see any movement in the earth, but you do see the distant glow of um, a spirit approaching. There's a. There's a that's a like, mood. Like a horrible, a horrible noise as the spirit approaches. It looks like a person, but like uh, all like chewed up and like digested. But as it approaches, you see uh, like parts of it starts to restore like body and clothes and stuff. So I just, I guess I just ask what I normally ask uh, if there's anybody here who recognizes uh, this spirit. It, it, and I, I don't mean that like literally, like you don't need to recognize the person. But if there's anything about them that is recognizable. I think Pip leans over to Andrel and is like, Maybe it wasn't a good idea to give the uh, owl powers to to tricks when he's in this current state. I mean, well, I heard the weird ah, thing, so it's probably real. Yeah, you guys can all see this. You guys can all see the spirit approaching. Probably just not in general. I mean, maybe, yeah. I think this figure looks like they are some sort of, like, Eruvian nobility. Or were. Ooh, I like that. Since the clothes are starting to also reform. Neat. Yeah, yeah. Their their Eruvian features begin to show. Their hair is, like, trimmed and such. And you see they've got, like, almost like a like a decorative, extra fancy version of, a, like, that sort of banded-type mail that, uh, that Andrel has on right now. It's, like, missing parts and stuff. And it says, uh, Ingrates, I'm here for the armor! Looking at Andrel. Eh, Ingrate? Is there like a, any like distinguishing marks on the uh, ghost's armor? Like any like crests or anything? Yeah, so, so you watch as it forms some more. There's like a long like sash-like trail. 
and a helmet starts to form. Like it looks like a, like a weird T shape, a slot for the eyes, and a line down the middle. Falcon wings burst out of some backpack in the back uh, as it approaches. Okay, let's get ready. I, I think it's I think it's uh, it's time to take this one down to Funky Town. Won't you take me to? Yeah, Drix looks at you, sighs, and looks back. I'm a loud one. Pride of Duskwall is now arriving. Please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. All of our music by Sebastian Black. Our cover art is by Yoshiko Agresta. Your line balls for this trip were... Jemuka, badge name, Edred, played by me, Jack Wisnowski. Andrew Anderson, badge name, Dunville, played by me, Hannah Levin. Edric, a.k.a. Drix, played by me, Stefan Lewis. Pippin, Pip, Nikhil, badge name, Nikhil, played by me, Guys Wipeout. And I have been your conductor, Greg Karobus. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts underscore train. And I'll let Candace bring them to the line bowls. Thank you for riding with us, and please consider traveling with us again next time. This program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls just like just like yours. 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 yours Faustian Nonsense thanks you for your patronage. Just like yours.